It is party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. It is Tuesday, which you know that's just Monday's hangover, and we're going to do it all over again. Uh, we're in the Mothership Studio 22, the Puppet Master Mark. Let's love Brandon. Driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. And as you know, Chris Cruz, he's been in Israel. Is he still in Israel? Do we know? Do we know where on the globe he is? Allegedly, he's still in Israel. Yes. Yeah, allegedly. No word <laughs> on whether or not he's converted to Islam. Yeah. <laughs> He has been kidnapped in Israel. He's over there under the Iron Dome. Uh, Jamie Kilstein is with us. Welcome back, dude. I haven't seen you in two years. I mean, there was, de- there was definitely like a pandemic in between seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. Probably closer to three years yeah. since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you, bud. You still in California? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I actually said- You escaped? I said, yeah, I said this on Glenn's show, but it's, it's so true that I have to say it again, where you know how people say you become more conservative as you get older? Yeah. If you look at where I've moved- you can map it where I, I went from Brooklyn to in, in most of my 20s, uh, L.A., then during COVID I was in Arizona, then uh-huh. Texas, then West Virginia, now back to Texas at 40. So I'm like, I've done it. And I remember you because you texted me a while back the first move to Texas. I remember that now because yes. you told me. Yes, yes, yes. So and I didn't know if you'd move there. You were just spending time. No, so Austin, uh, Austin's been kind of my home base, which gotcha. is, seems appropriate for sort of someone who about is where you need sort of conservative, sort of liberal. I'm like, all right, I got like gay artsy friends and then like Tim Kennedy can teach me how to shoot a gun. It's fine. Yeah, Austin seems about where you need to be. I think so. Yeah. It, it, it's a good, um, it, it's like the in-between before I just get a, a, a cabin in the woods and start write, writing angry letters to the government, yeah. I feel like Austin can kind of ease me into my eventual uh, conservatism. <laughs> I'll tell you what's funny about uh, people will ask me from time to time about you, and they'll say, you know, how's Jamie Kilstein? You know, and they were like, how is he as a person, right? Yeah, not not like your health or anything. They're just like, you know, how, how's Jamie? Because they'll no, so, sometimes you know, it isn't that. Sometimes they're like, is he okay? Is he okay? Is he all right? <laughs> Uh, but they'll ask me, I was like, Jamie's awesome. I say, you know, we don't see each other near as much as, you know, I'd like to. And um, the, uh, I said, but the beautiful thing, one of the beautiful things that you said to me years ago was you said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you said, basically, you, you started hanging around some conservatives and you realized we weren't all assholes. Not just that, but like. God, you're more you're more fun for sure. <laughs> um, you're definitely more fun. I have uh, I have serious thoughts on this, but I've even been joking around on stage about how when I go to see like my liberal friends. And I'm like, hey, what are we doing today? And they're like, we're trying to get Chris Pratt canceled yin. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. And then I come back to Texas and my conservative friends are like, hey, man, you want to go eat gluten and shoot a gun? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, let's go sit on a patio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's weird, Dude, right? I, I listen to country music now. I'm like, oh, this is so much more simple. I don't have to pretend to like Radiohead anymore. I was like, this is amazing. I don't know if it's just I've gotten dumped to the point where I like understand country music now. I'm like, bye, Amy. Hello, Luke Bryan. But yeah. like, oh, it's wonderful the it's but the 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 true stuff that you're saying is you know it's funny because in our industry whenever someone on the left starts talking to people on the right they call them a grifter and sometimes that happens right or if some if a conservative starts to have more liberal thoughts or maybe says something against trump he's a grifter it's just such it's mm-hmm. a gross term that people who don't know what nuance means can throw at someone who you know seems to be t- turning on turning on the troops yeah. and a lot of times it's just because 
of new experiences. You know, if when when I stopped being super liberal, if I, you know, wrote a book just thrashing feminists or thrashing the the left and it was just you know me riding a a red a giant red pill i'm like i would have made a lot of money but i didn't feel that way and i didn't want to do that however when i moved to texas and i just started hanging out with conservatives like i did shoot guns with tim kennedy and he's a good dude to shoot he's a good dude to shoot guns with and Talking to someone who was such an expert Mm -hmm. like Tim Kennedy instead of all of my old anti-gun friends who had never shot a gun and asking someone like Tim, hey, what do you think we should do about school shootings and being like, oh, you actually have solutions that we don't even get to hear about on the news because the debate is only do we take the guns or do we not? Um, Having my jujitsu friends when I was struggling with depression who I didn't even know they were conservative checking in on me to making to make sure I wasn't suicidal giving me couches to sleep on mm-hmm. um not asking me hey are you still liberal it, it wasn't conditional the love right whereas with a lot of my old friends on the left it's like the second I wasn't an asset to them or the second I didn't align with them entirely I was sort of gone and now having the opportunity to talk to like established you know, conservative voices like you and Glenn or whoever. I mean, shit, I got to hang out with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which was wild. And we were How just, was that? The best! I mean, when you walked into that, what did you expect? So, going in, at first with I was like, I'm supposed to not do this. Right. And then I was like, okay, I th- there was that old part of me that I'm like, dude, if you... If you make a killer joke or if you, you know, slammer or yeah. comedian destroys Marjorie Taylor Greene, that's the YouTube thing. I was like, you could get, and I was like, I'm going to try to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get Jesus up in here. Like, I'm going to try to see <laughs> if we get along. And dude, we got along. She was so great. She's really funny. I could totally make fun of her. Yeah. Like, I kept saying I was going to attack her with my Jewish space lasers. And she was like, let me tell you, I didn't even know that they were Jewish when I said, and I believed her. Like, she yeah. was just so, she's just someone who I feel like, um, She's just like, you know, the the aunt that just drinks a glass of wine and gets on Facebook and just starts hammering Start shit things. out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she kept saying, I want to bring you I'm going to bring you to church and meet you. You'll meet a nice conservative girl. And like we hugged. Um, but what I read the most. <laughs> That's about, outlandish. James. It was out. It was crazy. <laughs> um, and I think at one point I asked her, it was when she made that. um that insane tweet about something I agree with. So she's one of those people who, even if you agree with her, she'll tweet it in a way that you go, I can't defend that. Um, Like, I think it was about the like sex changes for kids or something. And she was like, what was it like Dr. Peen Queen's going to slice off? And I was like, what are you doing? So I I had her walk me through the creative process of how she like constructs tweets. And it was so funny, but it was this moment where, by the way, the more we talked, <clears throat> this was on Tim's pool show, I shouldn't say, like, I, I didn't interview her, but I was sitting next to her, and me and her had this dynamic of, like, liberal with Marjorie Taylor Greene, so I was talking to her a lot, and um, 
there was a point where she went on this like anti-war rant that sounded like me and yeah. it wasn't an anti-troop rant um, because something that I said on the show which is something I say on all shows which is I'm not anti-war because I'm anti-troop I'm anti-war because I'm pro-troop and if they're going to go over and risk their lives for us I want it to be just right yeah. um, whether it's Bush Obama whoever is sending them there I want to make sure it's it, it's just because that's what they they deserve and I want to make sure they're take care of um, they're taken care of when they get home and so I was like dude if I can get along with her um, cause the thing that I got from her, honestly, whether you agree with her or not, and I'm sure there are tons of conservatives who hate her too, um, is it was just authentic. Yeah. And I think there's so much gross pandery inauthenticity that happens in politics and entertainment that I'm just at the point in my life where if I see someone who's just genuinely trying to either be a good person or just be in themselves, I'm more drawn to that yeah. than someone who maybe I agree with more if we're going down like a ballot box. But like, I agree with you way more than I probably agreed with you when we first met. Sure. But like, we just stayed friends cause there was a thing that me and you had and yeah. I was like, Oh, he's a good guy. Well, and at what point in time did we just stop giving people permission to evolve and change? And look, I'm not the same person I was whenever you and I, you know, three years ago. Yeah. You and I have been very open on our public spaces and our platforms about our struggles, our addictions, our things that have gone on in our lives. I don't, you know, I'm a pretty transparent person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand that. Like, people just don't give each other room to evolve and grow anymore. No, and I think a lot of it is... Everyone always sees things through the lens of they feel like they're being attacked. Yeah. So you tell someone, you know, you tell your 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 spouse or your partner, hey, I think I'm going to go on a diet. And they're just like, what, do you think I'm fat? Oh, what, we're not going to be able to have, like, pizza on Fridays? And, like, that's what we did when we watched, like, You're Game ruining of our Tuesdays, Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you tell someone, my God, you tell your friends you're not drinking anymore. Yeah. And suddenly they're, I mean, it's like... It, it's like a bad on a very special episode of Saved by the Bell where suddenly these grown ass <laughs> men are like, but all the cool kids are drinking. Aren't yeah. you going to miss this? And what I think that is, is it's they're scared or they're it's something in them that they don't want to confront yeah. or they don't want to think about. You know, I probably avoided talking to conservatives for a really long time because there was something in me. You know, I had issues with masculinity. I had issues about money i had issues you know a, 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 a lot of things there were a lot of things that conservatives were saying that uh, probably would have helped me a lot things about personal responsibility things about victimization you know and i was like but they're the bad guys because mm -hmm. i've been told they're the bad guys and so i really robbed myself of year i mean i remember the first time i heard jordan peterson I literally thought this was going to be some insane Canadian guy talking about lobsters and being like, we got to go beat up trans people. Like, I just thought, because that's what I heard about him. And then I remember I watched him like late at night, like the, like, like if you're hiding porn from your wife, like the lights were off and I like YouTube Jordan Peterson, I probably put a VPN on and, uh, and immediately deleted yeah, your browser yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you're the, you can look at bang bus. Just don't, I don't want them to see the Jordan Peterson stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the midget donkey porn can stay. That's get fine. Rid of JP. Yeah. <laughs> and literally I'm watching this guy and he's like, you should make your bed. And I was like, God damn it, I, I, gotta, I, guess I should start making my bed. Yeah. And it was just these like simple things 
that I was like, oh, I can disagree with him on some political stuff, but I can also, you know, when I first when I first started listening to Jocko, I mean, listening to Jocko probably saved my life. Really? Yeah. And I would just assume that, oh, you know, oh, well, he's more conservative or he's a pro-military. I mean, this is the very old version of me. Yeah. Um, and just listening to just a man telling me to like get my shit together and yeah. take responsibility was so obvious and so simple now that I look at it, but dude, like I needed that um, badly. So not only have I been like, yeah, conservatives aren't assholes, but you know, even when we disagree, a lot of this conservative mentality, I mean, finding like starting to like re dig into like religion, yeah. um, just a, a, everything that I didn't, I mean, I, I, I was just telling Glenn too. I went to the Lincoln Memorial for the first time and I was just like, Jesus, my patriotic, this is amazing. Why have I never gone here? I've yeah. done shows in DC, but I was like, I just assumed patriotism was only for conservatives. Yeah. I just assumed that God was only for conservatives. I just assumed that, um, personal responsibility or taking care of yourself or not being ashamed of being a man, but actually like taking back masculinity is just a conservative thing. And maybe it is, maybe it is just a conservative thing, but it's a conservative thing that I want a part in because it's, it's making my life better. Do you feel like, and we're going to go to a break here in about a minute, but do you, do you feel like, um, like, is it the labels that are getting in the way? Yes. I mean, because we put the label on somebody, we classify them, we file them away, and it's yep. like, I don't want to deal with that and person. And then they're afraid they can't go outside the box. Yeah. I'm afraid if I, if, I literally go, if I tweet, um, if I tweet that kids shouldn't get sex change operations, I'm going to lose my liberal fans. Right. If I tweet that, hey, also, not all gay people are groomers, and in fact, a lot of gay people are infuriated by sex uh, changes Absolutely. for kids, yep. and you know, some of them just want to be people and be left alone, um, now conservatives will get mad at me. And, and you're always thinking, especially in this Twitter world, of labels, and I think there are so many people listening to your show who would identify as conservative, um, preferred pronouns conservative, um, and I think <laughs> that there are liberals who want to criticize their tribes and are afraid they'll yeah. get booted because things are so extreme now when in reality it's there are a lot of conservatives who are like i don't care what gay people do like legalize weed i don't care and there are a lot of liberals who are like yo we're getting carried away with this or i don't think kids should wear masks or whatever mm -hmm. and those people are the ones that need to be the loudest and they're the ones who feel like they should be the quietest because they don't want to get in yeah, trouble we've, mar we've marginalized the majority yep that's what's happened more on this. Hey, uh, folks, it's not going to last much longer. I've been telling you about this sale that they're having at My Patriot Supply. $250 off of the three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Uh, that's the ready hour kits. Those are the ones you need. Save $250, lowest price since 2019. But you got to do it now because they're about to end this thing. Go to my website, preparewithchad.com. Get the $250 savings on the uh, popular three-month emergency food kit. You get all the stuff, the breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, uh, 2,000 calories a day. If things really get bad, they get... And look, I'm not talking about Armageddon here. I'm talking about a snowstorm. You know, the power's out, something like that. You need to have it ready for your family, and you're going to need it one day. It's going to happen, so don't waste this chance to get it at a great price. My Patriot Supply, they're the nation's largest preparedness company. Their mission is uh, all about your survival. So it's not about food. It's about freedom, folks. Go to preparewithchad.com. Save 250 bucks per kit. It's going to ship fast and free. It's going to come in the unmarked boxes, so it's, you know, discreet.
Prepare with Chad.com. Get it while it lasts. We'll be right back. Like, I'm at a point now, a good friend of mine was getting her hair done the other day in uh, Dallas. Okay. And her hairdresser, guess what? He's gay. Yep. <laughs> right? Shocker. Yep. And so, uh, he brought up in conversation, she's not a political person or anything like that, but but uh, she had, I have a t-shirt that we sell that says, pronouns, the, she, it, the shit. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and it's a big seller for us, you yeah. know, and people love it. It's silly, but it's fun. And... Uh, she showed him a picture of that and he's like oh my god i gotta get one of those shirts because it's hilarious it's there and he just started in he's like i don't understand what all these you know these drag shows when they're bringing children in and like i don't understand all that and i was like she, he's like just really just living about it yep. and so um to your point he was like yeah most people in the in the lesbian gay community they're not defending they're not defending right. that. they're like they're looking at it going I keep saying like the lesbians and the gays, the L's and the G's and the B's are getting drug along by the T's and yeah, the rest of the letters yeah, yeah, yeah. that are driving the train well, now. And they don't really have any say in it anymore. And dude, I'm just trying to, you know, lead with compassion. And right. I think 100%. It's when you and, and by the way, that probably led me to give a bunch of conservatives who I had false impressions a yep. chance and then just be yep. like, oh, you guys are not only wonderful people, but I'm actually learning um, from you. So it's like leading from compassion is is huge. Also knowing that the majority of people have no idea what's going on on Twitter, have no idea. That's true. our world. It's our job. We have it's to be there. True. But when you go outside, it's like people don't know who, most people probably don't even know who Sean King is. Right. But we think it's like he just- Neither does Sean King. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they have no idea. They don't know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. They don't, they don't follow the drama. They don't know who got canceled that day. They're like, why are people mad at Chris Pratt? The guy from Guardians of the Galaxy, I love yeah. that show. You know what I mean? If if you stay off Twitter, I remember I started speaking of Chris Pratt, I started watching that Jack Carr show on Amazon. Um Terminal List. Terminal List. It was so fun. And I go on Twitter and I'm like, oh, what a fun show. Yeah. Um, and then you I, I went on Twitter and I saw someone posted a review calling it like a, a unhinged right wing revenge fantasy, which by the way made me want to finish it even more. I was like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> But if you stay off Twitter, you can just enjoy things for what they are. You can talk to people who disagree with you. You know, I mean, when I do stand up shows, it's a mixed audience. And I tell them at the end, I go, hey, you know, you guys just shared one of the most intimate things you can do with a group of people. You sat in a dark room and you laughed about inappropriate things with people who disagree with you. And if we turned the lights on right now and we started talking, we'd probably all hit it off. You know, we'd probably all get along. But that doesn't exist you know i had a moment uh with uh a gay dude at my show in chattanooga where he he's he's this giant gay black guy and which is scary it, it was as a man let me just tell you that's a scary oh, thought he, he could have look he could have had his way with me and i got the cauliflower it doesn't matter um and he he was like being loud at some things and you know uh, clearly 
clearly was gay. That's why I thought of this. This happened like yesterday or two days ago. Um, and clearly was gay, black dude, fun, fine, vocal. And then I say something about politics and he goes, I'm liberal. And I go, I know, buddy. Like, I wasn't looking at the giant black gay guy being like, is that a Ron Paul guy? Like, is that guy going to start lecturing me about the gold standard? And then there was a girl that like we were flirting during the show, like dynamic. And I go, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm going to start hitting on this guy. And the place goes nuts. And we keep calling it back to what happens in Chattanooga, you know, I'm going to end up hooking up with this dude that, you know, I'm two weeks sober and I'm going to sleep with a black guy, all this stuff. And I realized that the old version of me would have been afraid to call him what he (laughs) is to say, I'm going to sleep with the gay black guy. And like the terms gay and black are offensive to a gay black guy, which by the way is more offensive if I just pretended it wasn't happening. So him and his friends come up to me after the show. We take pictures. I give him a huge hug. His friend gives me cash, which does not happen at a comedy show. Like I was like, what are you doing? He like handed me a couple of twenties and he goes, you made our night. You made his night. And it was one of these things where, you know, you were talking about it almost from a conservative lens, but I'm talking about it from a too progressive lens that if I was, no, because he's gay and black, I can't make fun of him and I can't make jokes and I can't acknowledge what he is. And if I say that I want to sleep with him, well, that I'm using him as a, a stereotype as a, you know what I mean? Or like yeah. all of this just gross stuff. And but, instead but it was, is, we all had a blast. You had a blast. And the thing about it is if you look at the flip side of that, you were doing self-deprecating humor about yourself at the same time right so so it's like i've always said i don't care if you're gay straight black white fat skinny trans i don't care what you are if i'm gonna make fun of me i get to make fun of you you walk into this realm i'm gonna make fun of me we're gonna make fun of you ridicule is in the job description yes you're in a comedy club yeah and and, and if you just if you just lighten up a little bit we'll all have fun and And, realize we're human and dude don't you laugh the hardest at do you know Nate Bargatze? Yeah. So Nate and I came up around the same time. Yeah. And we both got this huge industry, uh, the Montreal Comedy Festival, it's called. And it, 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 it was it's this big deal where if you get new faces, it's like you're supposedly like made. And, you know, they hire, they pick me and I was like the liberal guy. And Nate, who I don't even know if he was like that conservative, but it's like he was just known as this conservative guy because he was Southern or whatever. Right. And I assumed that me and Nate would be enemies and I assumed that I wouldn't like him. And this is like the height of my super progressive. I had no conservative friends, whatever. And he had a joke and I wish I remembered it. But I mean, if you don't know Nate, go watch Nate. He's great. Incredible. And he's also so famous now. Um, I should have been a conservative. Uh, (laughs) And he uh, but he had a pro Walmart joke and I had never heard anything like it because I was just in, you know, woke Brooklyn and whatever. And I laughed harder than I've ever laughed in my life. And because I was like, it's not something I believed. It was making fun of me. And then I remember the next year I got into Montreal and the three people who had these one man shows, it was me, it was Bill Burr and it was Patrice O'Neill. And it was me and my very progressive partner. And Patrice had me open for him. Cause he liked me for whatever reason. And we watched Burr's set and we watched Patrice. 
and the loudest we laughed it was when bill was doing all that material about oh being mother's the hardest job and he would start describing like you know men out at sea and comparing that to like giving your kids graham crackers and stuff and it was quote unquote sexist material and i was (laughs) i mean i i remember how that laughter felt and i don't and i see a lot of comedy and i'm numb to a lot of comedy and it was so much funnier because it was attacking something that I thought I believed so securely in and it was making me think in a different way. And to me, it's like, dude, that's the best comedy, whether it's offensive or not, whether it's punching down or punching up, it's like, if you can, if it's challenging you and making you laugh, oh my God, that's the best. And and to be fair, like Bill, I've heard Bill do the bit about, uh, oh, you're going to wear a hat, says wounded veteran. What were you, you, you were probably, you know, a transmission fell out of the bottom of a Jeep while you were stationed in Kansas. <laughs> oh my right? God. <laughs> so, so he goes both ways on this yes. thing, right? And so to a conservative, they're like, oh, how dare you talk about, you know, veterans. It's like, stuff. wait five minutes. Exactly. Yep. And it's like, dude, it, it's, it's fair. And I've always heard people say, you know, you conservatives, y'all are terrible comedians because you just punch down, you punch down. And yeah. it's like, are you laughing at it? Right. I mean, I got a buddy, Jesse Payton, he's on the show two weeks ago. He's open for me for a year. And I was like, people say he tells too many dick jokes, but the place is erupting in laughter. Yep. Right. So again, it's, it's, everybody's trying to get offended. The comedians are offended because the jokes aren't right. Or the audience is offended because you made fun of the wrong people group or whatever. Dude, the thing was. I have a joke now. It's my so old. I have my favorite joke right now is it has a slur in it. That would get me in trouble from the left. And it has a political, it it has a line about the Supreme Court that make people on the right go back. And then the whole thing's about, I mean, it's a sex joke about something incredibly dumb that I did. (laughs) And it is so funny because it literally kind of brings everyone together where the people who tightened up about one part of the joke laughed at the other part. The people who tightened up about the other part went, Oh, well he said that other thing and the whole thing's kind of making fun of me. And that kind of freedom is, I think what a comedian should have, you should be able to make as many dick jokes as you want. If it's <laughs> if they're funny, funny right? If they're like, funny. Dude. And also for me, the best comedy, and this is what makes Nate and Bill so good is if you're being authentic, um, you know, when I was a super preachy, self-righteous, whatever, and I was really political, I was like any comedian who's not talking about the Iraq war is like a bad comedian. You know, if you talked about dating, I thought that was hacky. And now the first half of my set is about dating. And I think it is the edgiest material I've ever done. I think it's edgier than when I talked about drones on Conan. I think it's because it is back then. I I, I meant the political stuff I was saying. It wasn't inauthentic. But there was definitely part of me that was writing it because I thought I was supposed to be writing it. I'm like, this is the comedian I'm in. This is the box I'm in. This is the character I am. Every newspaper would double down and be like, this is the next Bill Hicks or compare me to Carlin. So I was like, I can't talk about personal stuff. I have to, okay, well, I have my war in Iraq thing and I have my legalized weed thing. I guess I got to write an abortion thing, even though I don't want to. (laughs) But like, I remember sitting there with a piece of paper that just said abortion. I'm just staring at it. I'm like, I don't want to write about this. And so then when I started talking about being single for the first time and being depressed and how like I don't want to be on dating sites and how I mean now my set 
and this just happened with crowd work. I don't even have material yet, but with these shows I've been doing, the dating stuff starting to morph into kind of like I'm telling some debaucherous sex stories, but it's kind of it's kind of leading into me being like, I just want to find a nice conservative girl and like just like get settled down and go to church with her. And and, and that to me is so much edgier than me yelling about whatever, because these are actual thoughts that I never thought I'd have before that I'm having and also that people can relate to. Well, and the great thing about you, Jamie, is is through all the insecurities and the things you've dealt with in the past you've evolved. i love the fact that you are where you're at i mean just thanks you're, man. it's bold thanks man. it's freaking bold just to be who you are and to, and to change and embrace it well man. and i'll shout you out too because and again I, I i hate to i don't want to be divisive my goal is to bring people together and tell people on the right like hey there are cool liberals who don't want to groom your kids and tell people exactly. on the left they're like yo there are cool conservatives who actually want to protect you and like would right. have your back um with that said this is one of the things where the only people who have said that to me are conservatives mm-hmm. where none of my you won't find me being invited on liberal shows yeah. and then being like, hey, man, I'm really proud of like where you are. Like, it's really cool. You went on like Chad. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and that is something that is a bummer to me where I think that even if liberals disagreed with everything you said, you could have a really cool conversation with yeah. like a lefty comic who sat here if they gave it the chance. And that's if you truly care about your issues, you want to talk to people on the other side to either learn and evolve your position, which is happening with me a little bit or uh, convince them yeah. or just get along. And then you go, Oh, I guess not all conservatives are Nazis. I guess not all liberals are groomers. Isn't that a better world? It's a way better world. Yeah. All right. Hey, last time we went through a recession, there were stocks that literally went to zero Washington mutual Lehman brothers, Chrysler, multiple blue chip stocks went to little or no value almost overnight. It could happen again, folks. And if it did, I hope your savings are protected. Why not own something that has never been valued at zero? That would be gold. Historically, your best hedge against inflation, which is rising like a hockey stick as we speak. The savviest Americans diversify their savings to protect them from downturns in the market, from global instability, and from a falling dollar. Here we go. We've got to push gold standard, baby. Do you have yourself ready for this folks listen birch gold group will help you hold gold and silver in a tax sheltered retirement account in fact if you've got a 401k or ira that's underperforming text chad i spell it chad to 989898 you can convert that into an ira in precious metals right now text chad to 989898 birch gold is going to send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax free hedge against the inflation protect your hard-earned money Get the free info kit, no obligation. Text Chad 989898. We'll be right back. Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is that moment where I'm going to give take three minutes of your life and just wax eloquent here for a second. I had a funny little idea the other day. It might sound crazy at first, but a lot of things I say, you know, they sound crazy at first. Uh, in fact, a lot of things I say sound crazy later on too, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, here's my idea. Isn't it about time that we, the people of the United States of America, got to turn things around and audit the IRS for a change? Now, doesn't that sound like fun? It's sort of like that moment in a movie when the little guy who's been getting beat up over, you know, just over and over again, finally takes a bat to the bully's knees, you know, the mouse that roared. I just think auditing the IRS would be very satisfying and far less violent. And hey, 
kind of looks like maybe we should, because just a few days ago, it was discovered that the private information of 12,000 taxpayers, or I'm sorry, 120,000 taxpayers, let's add that zero, was accidentally made public on the IRS website for a year. I want you to think about that for a minute, because you might just be one of those lucky chosen contestants. For a year, your information has been floating around, totally available on the website, where many of us go in frustration once or twice a year to watch the ultimate peep show of the after effects of bureaucratic documentary masturbation. And if that put a rough image in your head or a sour taste in your mouth, well, I'm sorry. I'm pretty worked up about this. Now, according to the IRS's PR wing out there doing God's work, trying to tamp this down, the exposed information isn't, uh, you know, such a high price privacy level that it should not compromise any individual or business credit well whoopty freaking do irs i mean you think that shit would fly if it was somehow turned around the other way if i sneeze on my tax form and a little drop of snot covers up a period you're gonna audit my ass so what gives how come we who are supposedly a nation full of free people have to just take this line down i mean seriously we're talking about the second most uh, stickler for the rules of the properly filed paperwork behind the damn DMV, for God's sake. And listen, I know that mistakes happen. Whoever screwed this up went in and fixed it and probably got himself or herself a royal ass-chewing from on high, always assuming, of course, that this wasn't done on purpose. Who knows anymore? But there's no word that I've heard in connection with this story that the person got fired. No departmental shakeup, no deep apology on the part of the IRS to the public that it, you know, oh so supposedly serves. In fact, you know what they're going to do? This bureaucratic clown car driving us over the cliff, they're going to hire 87,000 more clowns. That's what I mean. Jesus, come get me. I can't live in this world with this many morons pissing into the punch bowl and ruin it for everybody. That's why I want to audit them. At the very least, I want them to know that their mistakes are every bit as important as mine. More important, in fact, because what happens the next time they accidentally leave people's information up on their website for a year? What if this time it does contain sensitive information? The amount of trust that we are forced to engender in this uh, unelected, bloated, and feckless institution metastasizing within our government body is crazy, folks. And hey, if anyone from the IRS is watching or listening to this right now, I'm a comedian. (laughs) I make jokes. I don't I mean, I don't mean anything that I'm saying right now. Hell, I didn't even write it. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't even know where this information comes from. Go, go after Josh Jennings. That's the guy who wrote it. Yeah, I love the IRS. I trust you completely. Oh, boy. I'm glad we're broke. We don't have any money. We're comedians. It's the best. We, we have no money. No, we get uh, a half off of some drinks uh, <laughs> at the show. Get one drink ticket and then half off uh, Bud Lights. That's funny. No, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's crazy how uh, anyway. I, uh, the, um, you, you're trying to kind of find a place to land right now though. You, every time I see you, you're sort of like me in that regard. You're always yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah. It's tons of ideas and just opportunities and stuff like that. And, uh, and you know, I, the beauty, we had Riaz Patel. I don't know if you know him or not. He, he's mm-hmm. two time Emmy nominated, uh, TV production guy. He, he's a gay Hollywood guy, right? Yeah. And he was on the show. He's left-leaning, liberal. He's good friends with Glenn. He came on my show. We just had the best conversation. I'm like, why can't we, you know, what you and I do, why can't we just have these conversations? I know. I know. You know, but again, I keep saying you get woke, you can't joke. Yeah. And so there's no nuances anymore. You can't, there's no satire. There's no. No, or we would have to be against each other. Right. Right. It would have to just be like, he thinks this, he, you know, and and, and I would have to be a caricature of the left and you would have to be a caricature of the right. And I think that, dude, I mean, if people, if we had a show where we just made fun of everyone and not even in a 
I mean, when you were talking about like punching down or punching up, I still think there's a difference between like calling out bullshit on yeah. both sides right. and bullying. Like bullying isn't good comedy. No, that's not. No, like, but that's not punching down or punching up. That's, that's just, that's usually unfunny people. So <clears throat> my, yeah. my dad, uh, I'm sure people like that have people like this in their family. Um, we have a, a text thread and a family text thread, and then we have separate family text threads for when we need to trash someone on the family text <laughs> thread. And uh, <laughs> never get those confused. Oh my god! Whenever my family, whenever I get like three or four texts within the same hour that are like, "Hey man, just like checking up. Hey Jamie, just thinking about you." I'm like, "There's a text thread about me. Yeah, someone, some, yeah, I you. tweeted something where they're like, Jamie's depressed.' And but so th there was this one moment." where my brothers are hysterical they're funnier than me they're sharp they're smart and um and you know when we make fun of each other we can go for our weak spots because it's coming from love and they're just funny and then like every once in a while my <laughs> dad would jump on the text thread and be like yeah and jamie's a disappointment and we're just like <laughs> what is that um and so like we'd be texting and we're like is dad just getting mean as he gets old and then we're like no 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 he thinks he's being he thinks he's just ribbon he's just goofing and a lot of times people who aren't funny um they think that mean is funny right like even when i get interviewed and people go oh were you the class clown i'm like no the class clown beat me up and called me gay <laughs> like the class clown was usually the hack the class clown was just loud and yelling yeah. at the teacher and you it know obnoxious yeah and like a lot of times the comedians were just the ones like sadly in the back like reading or whatever um not getting laid till college like we were just the awkward ones right. and so i think that you could have a show with someone who is left-leaning and right-leaning if they l sincerely like each other. If we sincerely like each other, we can even make fun of each other all day. Of course. And it's great. And you you could make fun of the right, and I can make fun of the left, and then we could both make fun of the other and be like, oh, yeah, that is ridiculous. And in fact, if done right, comedy can usually illuminate the the the, the bullshit on both sides yeah. and that's what it should be for it should be putting a microscope up to the establishment in general and like bad news for liberals if the establishment's on the left it's your responsibility to call them out too yeah. you can't just pretend you know suddenly everyone became political under trump it's like i i, I wasn't allowed back on conan because i talked about drones under obama um and you guys are acting edgy making political jokes and being like donald trump's orange it's like that's hacking now that's hacking you know what i mean like I mean, you talk about punching down i mean yeah. a deal like that's crazy but you're exactly right on that hashtag all orange people matter <laughs> <laughs> hey uh hotter weather used to mean goodbye to a good night's sleep until i discovered cozy earth cozy earth bedding is so soft luxurious temperature regulating I love sleeping in it. Uh, there's a good reason why Cozy Earth has thousands of five-star reviews at CozyEarth.com. It's truly awesome bedding. I love it. Uh, Lauren said, love how surprisingly soft these bamboo sheets are. Incredibly lightweight, well-designed, and worth every penny for the comfortable sleep I'm getting these days. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Cozy Earth sheets made from 100% viscose from uh, bamboo. That's right, bamboo, which means they're breathable and moisture wicking so you'll sleep degrees cooler than cotton and never worry about the hot flashes. Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial. you got 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you're not completely in love with it, send it back for a full refund. Cozy Earth Sheets, they're available in four natural colors for a limited time, sa limited time save 35%. 
on Cozy Earth Bamboo Bedding. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Chad. Save 35% now. All backed by the 100-night sleep guarantee. That's CozyEarth.com slash Chad. Get 35% off. We'll be right back. Are you uh, staying pretty busy with live shows schedule? I'm trying. I'm definitely getting booked more, which is uh, very exciting. Um, I think I got like Syracuse and Vegas and uh, Austin coming up. Um, that's all I want to do, man. I just want to do stand up. Yeah. I'll go whenever people tweet me and they're like, "When are you gonna come to Blanktown?" I'm like, "When they will have me." When they'll have me. I, yeah. You know, I'm again. I'm in where am I? I'm in uh, the big town of Paul Huska, Oklahoma. Hell yeah. Saturday night. We're gonna have a packed house up there. It's north, just north of Tulsa. Yeah, and uh, and then the week after that, we're in Fredericksburg, Texas, and so we're bouncing around. But I, I'm incorporating more music into some things I'm doing. But then I'm doing like this weekend, it will be just straight comedy. That's cool. Just gonna be straight comedy. And so I went through, you know, COVID. I kind of, uh, it kind of was running for office. I was doing all these kind of things. Kind of yeah. lost the comedy bug because when you're doing that, you just don't feel like being funny. Yeah. And now I'm kind of getting my legs back up under me. Well, comedy is also it. like, it's similar. I don't know if you experienced this, but it's similar to, you know, I've done jujitsu and MMA for like 20 years yeah. too. And you take a long enough break because it's hard. Yeah. You convince yourself that your life so you know i i don't do jujitsu for a while it's like why am i doing that right. why am i just rolling around with killers who like <laughs> are duct taping ringworm and like they're getting injured and no one has health insurance i was like what a right. dumb thing and same with comedy you don't do it for long enough you know there are hard shows there are oh i want to do this new bit but i don't want to memorize it oh that yeah. person got mad and am i going to sell enough seats here you can kind of it's hard to get back in, but then the second you get back on the mat or the second you get back on stage, you're yeah. like, this is what I'm meant to and do. And I compare it to golf. If you're not doing it consistently, you, you're not doing it because your timing's off, And then, but you hit that one good shot. It's like, damn, I, this is why I like doing this. Yeah, dude. Right? I mean, well, that's why I'm moving back to Austin, too, is just I can get up on stage every night there. Yeah. Um, it's such a good comedy scene that it... I mean, you're not really doing... you For comedy, there's just such a difference... I mean, I was arguably more famous and nowhere near as good as I am now because now I'm just I'm just getting up so much in Austin. You know, you got to go on the road to actually make money. Yeah, um, true. But you put me on stage for three or four nights in a row and suddenly there's just new material and new tags and just lines you can throw out. Um, but if you're just doing it once a month and just like sticking to the script, it's it, it's a lot harder. So I really, I really want to go all in with comedy because when we were talking about, you know, tribes, how do you define yourself? Are you liberal? Are you conservative? Are you, you know, libertarian, whatever. I think that my goal from here out is if I'm just trying to be funny and kind, yeah, the right stuff's going to happen, right? Like I'll find myself, I'll find my people. And I love that my audience is divided. I love that there are conservatives um, and liberals there like that yeah. rules because then I get to go, Hey idiots, you're all laughing at the same stuff. Go be friends. Stop right. fighting on Twitter. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. What's your website? Uh, JamieKilstein.com. If you want to see the tour dates, you can go to JamieKilstein.com slash tour. Uh, most importantly, because I have a bunch of like projects coming up, but um, follow me on social media. Um, my Twitter is at JamieKilstein. My Instagram is at the TheJamieKilstein. And uh, yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll and he just needs to find a good conservative Christian girl. 
Guys, that sincerely is, I know I should be trying to get more stand-up dates and a bigger audience. Find me a sweet conservative yeah. Christian girl. Just like five, <laughs> two, we can go to Chris Stapleton shows together. Like that is what I want. We can go shooting. That is specific, Jamie. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's what I want. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. There's surely somebody out there. There can I tell you, I've even talking to conservative girls, I'm just like, I'm I'm allowed to say that word when we're joking around. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, that is the hottest thing. Yeah. Like you can make jokes about all these things and like, you're still really sweet. And, uh, I, I don't have to apologize. And the conservative girls are prettier. They, I, they're hot. They're hot. Dude. They're hot. They're prettier. Oh, and I can hold the door with, for well, them without them being mad at they me. Are. They're not confused about being a woman. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it, like, I just, they're not trying to cut their hair off and, you know, wrap their boobs or whatever. Like, Conservative girls slide in my DMs at the Jamie Hillstein on Instagram. <laughs> at the Jamie Hillstein on Instagram. Hey, conservative girls, you can slide into my DMs too. I'm taking, but I'm always willing to see what's up. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. My girlfriend never watches this far into the show anyway. Dude, <laughs> a couple minutes before a break, but I, uh, I started doing divorce jokes. I went through a divorce two okay. years ago. So I'm, I'm like dealing with that. So I've started, and a lot of people, they'll come to my show and they don't realize that I'm divorced, right? So I'll yeah. bring it up and it's like, oh, they've got to yeah. go over their shock first because yeah. they're hearing it. Right. Because everybody doesn't see what you post on social media. Right. So they're kind of, oh, so you got to take them through the little shock and then you got to, but that's been fun. I mean, because again, life happens. Dude, it's, 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 it's life it's happens. So, you might as well have fun it's with it. It's so important. And, the tweets I get the most whenever I do a conservative show are people who are like, it won't be something political, I said. It's, I throw in something about a heartbreak or yeah. about my cat dying or yeah. about um, with depression or suicidal thoughts or whatever, and they're just like, me too. And yeah. suddenly, I, I, I tweeted that once because I have a ton of liberal followers still. I'm sure most of them have muted me by now, but, uh, <laughs> but they didn't unfollow, so my numbers are still looking good. good. Um, where they... Um, where I was like, hey, you guys know like conservatives have suicidal thoughts too, right? And like depression and yeah. go through divorce. And, you know, when you talk about that stuff, it just, it humanizes you, but it also, you know, you forget because me and you are both comedy people, so we're self-hating. But like people look up to, I was going to say you, but I'm going to own it. People look up to us. They do. And when they can go, oh man, this dude I really like, he got divorced Maybe I don't have to feel like such a broken piece of garbage for also being divorced. And then maybe the goal should be, what do I need to work on? my? And now, because once you can laugh at yourself, that's the first step. Yeah. But then the second step is taking charge and doing something about it. And But you need to identify that problem first. And if you're in such denial about it, you won't do it. But if they hear someone like us, if they hear me talk about heartbreak on stage or trying to date disastrously or you talk about divorce, even if it's nothing self-helpy or motivational Tony Robbins shit, they just hear someone they like be like, I went through it. Then suddenly they can stop beating themselves up. And then the second you stop beating yourself up you get to go okay now i can do something about it yeah. like why did my marriage fail like yeah. what can i work even if it was her fault what can i work on what can i do better right take personal it gives responsibility. You permission to live that's it gives you permission to live hang tight be right back 100%.
jamiekilstein.com. You can see it right there in that lower third on your screen right there. And uh, I want to encourage everybody, go to uh, watchchad.com. That's my website. Get on my tour schedule and that's see where all the fun stuff is. we got some shows coming up, having a good time. But, man, I love you, brother. I appreciate you. I love you, too, I, man. And, and if, it's been uh, too, da- too damn long. Let's get together quicker than I know. Well, now that I'm in Texas, like I'll come up just to hang, and yeah. hopefully I'll be doing more stuff here. And, uh, you know, if any of your openers get canceled and you need someone else, I'm your Same guy. here. I want to come make jokes with liberals in the audience. Dude, that man. would be so be awesome. fun. Why, maybe that's the move. Maybe it, that's the move. Is you put a comedy. No one's done that. Is you put a comedy tour together with both, both. but not the preachy ones on either spy side. Spy versus spy, baby. Oh, that I like it. So <laughs> fun. Uh, and just yeah, it'll, you know what? It'll weed out the extreme people on both sides. It'll yeah. weed out anyone who's written me. It's like, oh, you went on a right wing show. I'm done with people I, like dude, that. I just don't care. I want to so hang out with cool people. And if there are cool people on the right, I'm gonna hang out with them. If there are cool people on the left, I want to hang out with them. Follow him on social media slide up in his dms check him out jamiekillstein.com tomorrow wednesday we're gonna get humpty hump gonna have a good time love you god bless you we'll see you then bye